You're listening to The Wicked Horror Show, powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And here we are. We're now live for another episode of the Wicked Horror Show, powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. And uh, you saw the Deadly Grounds ad. Now more than ever, we need to support indie uh, businesses and indie artists. Uh, so we're talking about Theater of Terror uh, Part 2 coming out. And uh, I got all the links right now. They got Indiegogo uh, going on right now. And uh, if you want to support indie uh, people like our guests here, uh, check out the link. And with that, we have Kevin. I just want to point out that when you started that intro, that music was in fashion, and it's no longer. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. I actually you played find, two. You find that Buck Cherry tribute band from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do, I, I I got a new uh, content uh, system. I'm going to look for some well, more music for you. Apparently, it's very old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I'm here. Tony. What is going on, people? Tony, would you like to introduce our awesome guest? Sure. Uh, we're actually, you know, going to be talking about the sequel to Theater of Terror. Well, partly, I'm sure both, but the writer and director of said uh, Theater of Terror, Tom Ryan. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on, everybody. It's good to have you back for sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we had John a while ago for, uh, for the original one, uh, which for those who don't know about it, it's a really cool anthology Um and each segment is like a different subgenre of horror, and it's just it was done really well. Um, so I was excited when we heard that uh, you were coming out with another one, and I know you sent along like one of the uh, you know a little sneak peek at one of the stories, and yeah. already I'm sold. So uh, so yeah, great, great. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of uh, old classic, uh, you know, universal horror. So it, you know, made me feel like. He's going for it, and I think you, you did it successfully. So, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, hey. did, did the whole team see it? Did all you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we were going for, a, like you mentioned, kind of like a universal monster movie feel um, that, that you know, absolutely black and white, throwback noir, um, you know, shadows on the wall, close-ups, uh, Dutch. Oh, we lost our audio. Did right, you? you're back you're back you're back i'm back yeah okay yeah so uh yeah that that was the feel that we were going for we wanted people to kind of reminisce about those those times growing up and watching an episode of the twilight zone and yeah. uh yeah that's what we were going for well one of the, one of the things that i remember like really liking about the the first one was the locations and the you know the, the scenery and everything it just was it was like almost a character in itself. And this, this first one that we saw, um, definitely same deal. Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, where did he find this? Like, how did he get this done? Like, this is, this is awesome. Like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you're, you're, like I said, you're already, you're already, uh, 
you know, got me sold on it for sure. Yeah. Because uh, like in the in the original one with the library, mm-hmm. and you know, even like the worm in that in that story, and then the yeah, you know, the werewolf one and everything. It was just like everything was very visually like right on point for those stories. So yeah, we're ju- we're we're trying to do that again with this new round of stories that we have. We got some similar. Um, ideas uh all new ideas you know soothsayer we deal with time travel um the second segment is called splinter which deals with like an ancient shaman curse uh the third one is called robot which is uh another kind of like our sci-fi entry although soothsayer kind of qualifies for that as well being about time travel but this one is a little bit more oh obviously robots are involved and uh then the last one is called haunted where we do some paranormal stuff so uh yeah once again we get to touch on all these different subgenres, and uh and um have fun with like you said uh in, in the last movie's case it was werewolves aliens and worms and dolls and um in this film's case we're gonna deal with some some different stuff and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun we guarantee yeah. that much yeah nice yeah yo-yo's here everyone hey, hey man how are you man i'm good sorry hey, about the say? tardiness that's okay. It's uh, we'll, we'll forgive you this one time. The good thing is you get to you didn't have to sit through that intro, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, I'm just um, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know, uh, Tony. Did you want to? I've I've already taken over. Um, Tony. Well, actually, uh, I just want to say one thing, and and uh, Tom, totally correct me if I am incorrect. Uh, so Soothsayer, uh, which is the, a complete short right now, uh, for uh, people that support the Indiegogo at a certain level, they actually get access to Soothsayer right now. Soothsayer, yeah. right right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the perks if you're at the Terror Trooper level or above. We'll send you the first short in the anthology, so you can kind of see, you know, once again, what kind of quality we're trying to deliver, what kind of stories we're telling, and uh, you get a good flavor. Uh, what's great about it is, is that's just like the, the launching point for the rest of the anthology. So we just kind of want to, you know, get everyone's appetite, you know, wet for what's to come. Yeah, nice. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, um, I'm sorry, Tony. Uh, no, I was just going to harp on what you were saying. I, I just, to, you know, wet my whistle again, I watched the, uh, the first one. And I remember talking about the, you know, especially some of the scenes harping on what you saying, the, uh, just not only the locations, but the visuals and stuff. And it was one of those things where um, I think each story had its own style and and it, each one was completely different from the other one. You know, sometimes it, you kind of get the same plot or whatever, but this one, I mean, the first one had the, the story so different from each other. So I was going to ask, you know, do you have that, that feel for the for the second one is it going to be around the same yeah absolutely um every story just is very different um very different characters very different themes um and very very different endings i think too um the first one i mean we all had kind of twist endings in the first one i we try to follow that formula in this one as well but um just as far as Yes, if you sit through this anthology, you're going to get to enjoy four extremely different stories uh, with the exception of what we're going to attempt to do is if we make our goal uh, and we can do another wraparound story, that is what connects um, this bunch to the first. We have some great, uh, some great kind of um, uh, things to explore in reference to the theater itself and why these things happen at this theater 
um, and probably the return of Colin, uh, the, the, the gatekeeper of that, that uh, auditorium. So I think that'll be kind of uh, uh, cool, too, to be able to explore that different stuff. I was actually going to ask that. I was going to ask if the if it was going to be a completely different wraparound story or if it was going to be the theater, because that theater was another visually yeah. just really cool place. I'm like, I, I wish that I, I have no idea where it's located, but I'm like, I would love to go to a movie there. Um, yeah, that's the landmark Lowe's. It's on Journal Square in Jersey City. Um, I grew up in Jersey City, like five blocks away. I saw all the classic films that came out in, in the era of the late 70s and, and 80s early 80s uh there in those in that theater um so yeah we want to return there and we want to kind of continue that story and maybe like i said uh, dive a little bit deeper into the history of the theater and what exactly is happening there nice yeah because it's it's a character on itself really yeah uh, yeah it, you know, did you get a chance to check out um soothsayer yes i did what did you think i really liked it actually I, why do i always say actually I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really like it, unfortunately. Like, like, I, like I, I went in expecting to be this point. No, I never go in expecting to be this point. But I always say, actually, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, so like, one of the things that I dug about it, too, is it's, I mean, it was like this with the first one, too. Like, you're, you're, you have, like, a really solid cast, but it's not, like, it's not too big. Like, I think yeah. maybe it was the biggest cast, I mean, besides the, maybe the werewolf one, but... That the party for the uh, for the bookworm one and the first one, maybe there was more people involved in that. But yeah, yeah, uh, right. That memorial scene—that's where you get a lot of background actors and extras to come in. And uh, you know, it, it's weird because I know what you're saying. I, I also don't think of it as this an ensemble because the extras kind of come in and out one day, and they just kind of hang out. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of, you know, uh, work that you're doing in pre-production with extras. They show up and you're like, stand here and you're talking and, and do this mm -hmm. and do that. So, so yes, we do try to keep the cast itself relatively small. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's as that purposeful, but when you're doing these short stories, it's a lot easier um, to introduce characters, get to a point, get to a climax and, you know, you do your three acts. Uh, when there's a lot less people to deal with, because mm. you know that you're trying, we're trying to keep the stories, you know, somewhere around 15 minutes or less, and we always wind up with like 20 minutes. Yeah. But um, mm. you know, it's uh, yeah, but we do, we do try to keep the cast small. And for Soothsayer, I mean, you have three people, yeah, um, which I really found endearing as well about the film because it's just great to get to know these three characters over the, that course of time, as yeah. opposed to you know, just having some people that you really don't care about with a really cool special effects or a really, you know, exciting storyline. This one is kind of more like you really, you know, you get to uh, you get to meet these characters and kind of understand their relationship. Um, and it was nice. It was it was I, I really enjoyed that experience just working right. with the three. Yeah. And that, that definitely helped with the feel of the classic, you know, as well, because, I mean, I, I do another show called Black and White Fright where we only review black and white horror and oh cool it, it's um so that a lot of those like the cast is pretty small and same deal like you end up caring a lot more for the characters like people are i mean they they want like payoff right away now so this one it's like there's so many movies that we watch where it's like just a really good story up until like the last like 10 minutes of the movie then everything hits the fan you know yeah so it's like i don't know but and you, you you said something like oh people want the, the good special i thought the, the effects were totally appropriate for for soothsayer and I, I thought they were they were great and i really loved how like 
that one vial is is like a color. Right. Only yes. color in there. I thought that was done really well. Yes, thanks, okay. thanks. Yeah. yeah, that was a concern of ours too. We wanted the effects, even though I knew we were going to do some effects in post. I didn't want them to visually exceed the capabilities of the time like a, that a black and white film would be made. Mm-hmm. So with the highlight of the color, I think that was the only modern exception we kind of wanted to add to it. Yep. Um, just to just to add that, you know, that Schindler's List, the, the girl in the red dress type effect to it where this is supposed to stand out to you. You know, this yes. is this is the focus. I mean, they did that. I mean, there was a there's an old Vincent Price movie that we reviewed recently that had like just one scene that the the, the bathtub was just filled with red blood. There's, there's oh, cool. In color in the whole movie. But um, cool. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's 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 really it's really good. And I actually when everything comes out, I, I, I kind of want uh, the other guys on that show to check that out as well, because I want to get their opinion on. it. So maybe yeah. we'll do like a little like exclusive, not all black and white. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, anyway, Tony. So uh, with the first one, I mean, uh, I'm sure it had its trials and tribulations. With this second one, you know, usually as you make films, it should get easier and easier. But now you get this pandemic thrown in your face. So did you have to, you know, switch up the planning for it or, you know, uh, different locations having, you know, I'm sure having trouble finding it because of limitations and stuff this one probably throws a you know a different set of you know circumstances at you how are you going at this one instead yeah yeah for sure so really luckily for us we shot the last we soothsayer took two days to shoot and our second shooting day was on uh a sunday and they weren't, they weren't back. It wasn't back to back days. It was about two weeks apart. So our, our second shooting day for Soothsayer was on a Sunday. That following week is when they announced the shutdowns. Ooh. And, and we were like, oh my gosh. So we were so lucky to get that second day of shooting in because then I just spent the beginning of quarantine just editing. And I had everything I needed, and we were really lucky to do that. And I think the quarantine actually probably made the film better because I tend to edit very quickly and become obsessive and compulsive, and I'm doing it all the time. And I'm and I'm like, I, I gotta edit, I gotta edit, gotta get this done. And sometimes I feel that um, perhaps I, I should like, even if I get something edited in, let's say, a month. I should sit back for two months and just let it kind of stew and look at it and think about it because that's what exactly what happened with this film. And I did go from several stages where I had a final edit and then I just kind of watched it for a while and realized there were things I could do better um, that I just kind of corrected or added. Um, I did that with some of the score for the film. Uh, I did that with some of the effects for the film. Um, uh, So it was... uh, it, it was sh- uh, very oddly a completely bad situation, but the timing for this film, it was perfect where we got it in before the, the pandemic. And then because of the pandemic, I wound up paying a, a closer attention to the edit and making it the best film it could be. And I think we really got to a good place at the end of the day with that. Um, and then moving on with the rest of the anthology, we wanted to, you know, right now we're, we're, running an Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for the anthology. And we wanted to launch that like three months or four months ago. And um, 
I just couldn't do it because of everything else that was going on in the world. I felt like trying to raise money for an independent film was the last thing anyone cared about, especially during the entire shutdown and people's wallets were just hurting over the entire situation. And so I just, uh, I thought it was bad timing. And so, um, what did I do? I just kind of dove into some pre-production work on the next short. Uh, it doesn't hurt to just start looking for, to, to, to get things accomplished in that sense. I did a lot of work in that area, contacted a lot of the actors, let them know we're going to get out of this and we're going to start shooting again. So there was some preparation that I was able to take advantage of then too. Um, I think the timing is working out for us right. We're, we're ready to shoot at the end of this month. Um, at, a, at, a, at a location in Jersey City. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, I think we're on the other side of this where we are going to start to see things function again and, and, and open again and, and give access again. And hopefully that will allow us to be able to, you know, conduct all of our pre-production on the rest of the anthology smoothly and kind of come out on the other side of this with, with very little damage done. We're, we're probably only like, three to four months behind on the production, hmm. which considering that each short usually only takes us two days to shoot, isn't really that bad. Um, you know, um, and, and considering the fact that this could have been, you know, a year or so or more that we were just completely out of it. You know, we were able to just finish that one short in March, edit it all throughout this and then just kind of start pre-production. So it, but it's, but it's been awful on the entire community. You know, yeah. it's it's been awful on everybody. And so I think there's like a lot of us when I started when I started revving up the engines again, everybody got really excited to say, like, let's go back to work and we're ready to, you know. And again, we like you mentioned with the, the three members of the cast on Soothsayer, we have very small crews and sets in the theater of terror stuff. Even when you watch it, it looks like this big production, but there's actually rarely more than eight to 10 people on set with us. Mm -hmm. You know, this includes the actors and the crew. A lot of mm -hmm. us wear different hats on these things and uh, we keep it small. So that, that is in our favor now trying to get back to this. We're not trying to get 50 people back on set. You know, right. we're trying, we're trying to get 12 people on set and that might include a few extras. Right. You know? um, so in a perfect scenario, do you have like a time frame of when you're thinking that, uh, you know, if things, you start filming at the end of the, the month, like you're saying, and you can move forward. Um, any ideas of, of when you think you may be done? Yeah, we're, we're targeting October, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, you know, initially we were thinking like February, 2021 before COVID, but I, I don't think that was that realistic anyway. I think October is much better. And I think it just gives us a lot more time um, to be able to secure some of the locations like the theater and such like a lot of that stuff is timing time of year um when they're busy when they're not and so hopefully if everything falls into place i think october 2021 is a safe bet to say we should be all done yeah i mean it's closer to halloween so it's uh it's perfect yeah exactly. <laughs> just sit down and watch a nice anthology you know that's right yeah um so uh as far as the the first one, is that available on physical media still, or is that is it just streaming? Or so we still we still sell uh, Blu-rays for the Theater of Terror uh, on our website theateroftherror.net. So we still sell the Blu-rays for it. 
Um, DVDs are only available through Bayview Entertainment, and uh, as w- and uh, you can also rent it on Vimeo and on Prime I, as well. And on Prime as well, yeah. right? Right. Yes. Nice. Leo, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, that's okay. Uh, we do have a couple uh, trailers we're going to run. I do have the trailer for Soothsayer, uh, and uh, we also have an ad to run as well. Uh, Tom, would you like to introduce the trailer for Soothsayer? Oh, uh, yes. A, uh, a, uh, a scientist discovers the secrets of time travel, um, but when he gets a glimpse of what the future holds, he is desperate to prevent it. I think I, I forgot the rest of my tagline, but there you go. <laughs> Here we awesome. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Instead of distorting the space around us, why not instead of distorting? And a full short for sooth, uh, Soothsayer, I'm going to get it right one of these <laughs> times, uh, is available to uh, to you if you do support the Indiegogo. And uh, what level was that again, Tom? The Terror Trooper level. Terror Trooper. And uh, yep. we have all the links you need in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And, uh, you know, if you love supporting uh, indie artists like we do, why not support indie businesses like Deadly Grounds Coffee? They're a sponsor to our podcast here. They're a sponsor to the whole network. They uh, help keep things up and going. Uh, but they're a local right here in Connecticut, just a little mom and pop shop here in Norwalk, Connecticut. Makes the absolute best coffee you'll ever have. And uh, here's a zombie talking about coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Now, uh, before the end of the show, we do have two other trailers to fit in. We'll uh, bring them in uh, a little bit later. We have the uh, Theater of Terror, the original one, uh, which is available now. 
and also uh, the uh, the return to theater of terror uh, pitch real as well. Pitch real. Pitch real. <laughs> so you were saying, you know, you didn't know if it was, you know, time to, you know, promote it and stuff. But I think especially, you know, since the movie theaters kind of, you know, shut down and movies went to a halt, I think that's what people were clamoring for. That's why I think probably Netflix uh, subscriptions, you know, went through the roof and Shutter and Disney Plus, And that's why all these new streaming services are coming by. But I think, you know, especially, you know, come next year when everything's, you know, hopefully ramps up again, everybody's going to be, you know, clamoring for new stuff. So maybe I think, you know, besides, you know, the blockbuster stuff, I think a lot of the indie stuff will, you know, open people's eyes, especially, you know, Kevin Hart's on Shudder all the time. And that's all I see is people talking about Shudder now and they play a lot more of the, you know, independent stuff as opposed to the, the bigger mainstream stuff. So I think, again, I hope next year it's going to, you know, it'll well, blow not, the industry open. Well, not yeah. even not even next year. You know, this year with Halloween coming up, a lot of people, I mean, we're starving for, you know, good stories. You know, there, there's really not much coming out right now. And now is a great time for anybody that missed out on Theater of Terror on its first run. Now's the time to see it with uh, with Halloween popping up. Go to Prime and rent it, or buy a copy of it. Yeah, like that. That's right and, there. Um, like like Tony's copy, but um, <laughs> the uh, buy Tony's copy. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's got it on eBay. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- there's there's so many other streaming services out there, and uh, I mean. Unfortunately, because I mean, I'm a big fan of physical media, I'm a big fan of going to the theater. Um, but I mean, it, it really looks like it's really heading that way pretty pretty quickly, a lot quicker than uh, I think we estimated before. But well, uh, he, here's the thing, and uh, I talked about this uh, in a forum post. But you know, a lot of people are are afraid that we're going to go to all streaming. And the thing is, with with COVID right now, this is extreme circumstances. So. You know, a lot of people need to readjust their way of thinking with uh, with taking in content. But as soon as there's like a vaccine and we can go out, you know, it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties all over again. Where the theaters are going to be packed, the everybody's going to watch Boardwalk Empire. That's what you've been doing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, I've been. Yeah, I, I'm too hooked. <laughs> like, yeah, Boardwalk. yeah. Well, yeah, that that, and I'm too hooked on the news because exactly. You know the the last I, pandemic. That's what happened. I, you know, it, stay away from the news as much as possible because it just infuriates me so much. <laughs> um, I'll just watch Futurama again. Whatever. Um, there's nothing wrong with that either. But uh, but yeah. So so, is there anything else that you've had in the works that you've had to put on the back burner, or or is it is your focus just uh, the uh, the the new sequel? The new the new anthology has been my main focus. Um, you know, that's it's. I think this even pushed me deeper into that because not being able to go anywhere, you're just kind of sitting around and thinking about, you know, what, what were my plans or what, 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 what can I do now? How can I make my time as useful as possible and make this experience as painless as possible? And I think I kind of dove into the scripts. I dove into a lot of pre-production stuff um, and uh, tried to try to at least get a lot of that work done as much as possible. So that's, that's, that's really been my main focus there was a little bit of music involved too. I've always done some musical stuff, but I wrote the score to Soothsayer, and I oh, spent nice. a, I spent a lot of time doing that too, 
Um, and so I think once I was all done, I was just kind of musicked out for a little while. And, uh, and, and writing it on the piano is not my thing. I'm a bass player, a guitar player. So playing I'm a bass this, player. Oh, we should cool. hang out uh, when the pandemic is over and have a bass off. I'm just there kidding. you go, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyways. Well, well, I also wanted to bring up, you're also doing the shorts, which are absolutely awesome. Are those uh, your two sons? No, so my son is Jack, and Cody okay. is a uh, friend. That's his friend from school. Yeah, they live like right down the street, and that's that. They were probably like our earliest experiments um, of testing social distancing <laughs> uh, when we were just like, let's get these kids together and hang out. And their family was quarantining, and we were too. And they and the kids were going nuts, and we got them together, and uh, they had a great time. And one day I just decided that I said, we're going to, cause they kind of look like they didn't know what to do with themselves. Their first, you know, desire is let's go sit in the living room and play Fortnite. That's, that's what they want to do. And then I say, now nah, you got to get physical. You got to go outside, run around in the yard, play some games, grab your Nerf guns, do, you know, do play some make believe. And uh, so one day they were kind of bored and I just said, let's, let's go. We're going to start making some movies here. And uh, you know, surprisingly they're they're both really good <laughs> you know they were they were really easy they were a little easier to work with than some of the actors i worked mm. with but no they were really they really kind of took to it and it's been a lot of fun and it's been fun for me because it kind of gets me to keep my editing chops up and uh shooting shooting everything with an iphone so that's been kind of enlightening like how good that stuff can turn out you know mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Jack and Cody's, I call them the, uh, the chilling childhood adventures of Jack and Cody. Nice. I got to track that down. Is it just on your regular YouTube? It's on our YouTube channel. Yeah. The theater of terror YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, And if you just go to uh, theater of terror.net, uh, there's a trailers and shorts button. You can click there and they're all there as well. Uh, check out chompers first. That one was, well, they're, they're all good. The ones I've seen so far, but Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chompers was, uh, that's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, mwah, you just mix with yeah. you. <laughs> now, going into, you know, making a movie, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, it's, I've never directed anything. Is it easier to have everything planned out, you know, months in advance and like you do now kind of deal? You said now you have so much time to prepare or is it sometimes easier to just kind of like go into it and wing it? Because if sometimes you could plan for, months ahead and then on the you know i'm sure in one second everything could change quickly so you kind of gotta gotta switch very quick like which would you rather have i'm sure you would rather have the you know the months of planning but yeah how does does that work well yeah you, you 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 should always have a plan when you're going into something of the magnitude of making a film where you have people dedicating their time to a vision or, or shoot that, you, you know, that you're trying to put together. Um, first and foremost, I always respect that sacrifice from everybody to try to make an independent film because there's no fame or fortune at the end of the rainbow with these things. Usually um, it's more creative work. And for them it's work, but, but it's also just a creative endeavor that you're just trying to kind of, um, make happen so uh that's you know that's 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 the credit to everybody um working with them but so you want to come in with a plan and 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 let them know that you are prepared right that you have a focus um that you that you have an organization to to your filmmaking um because i've been on sets that were not organized and 
it's horrible. And it's, it's, it, 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 you could kill the momentum of a film. You can kill the, the energy of a cast and crew if you're unprepared. So absolutely always want to have a plan. I, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. Uh, but now, as you mentioned, you do have to be prepared for that, you know, when, when something goes wrong, because it always goes wrong, right? Murphy's Law, when you're making films, there's, there's always, you could be uber prepared and you come in with a stack of notes and everything's ready and there's nothing that can go wrong. And then something goes wrong. So you have to be able to think on your feet. It's something that we're proud of. We've, we've had to overcome a lot of obstacles especially with the original anthology. I might have discussed it with you guys, but I have stories about each one of those shorts and things that happened that may have deterred or, you know, made a lesser filmmaker just break, break down and give up. And uh, the team that I have, and we just push forward. We just, we just make things happen. Um, Fingers crossed, man. Like so far, we've been lucky. There's, I think there's a certain amount of it that has to do with luck, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't panic. Um, I'm always looking for solutions. I don't harp on the problems. I just look for solutions. So you have to be ready for that always. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't make movies. Hey, Yo-Yo disappeared. He, he um, did. Uh, he's having internet issues. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, th- that's why I'm not a director, because I would just be like, that's it. Everything's ruined. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's... From scratch, or get out of here. Like, I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> Call my parents and have them pick me up because I'm gonna cry. But any, I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's uh, it, it's always something. I mean, it's something we say all the time. Like we're, you know, we're obviously we're big movie fans, and you know, we respect. You know, even even we've had plenty of directors on who don't really plan their movies. You know, sometimes they'll get something good out of it. Sometimes they just really don't. But um, at the end of the day, they're still doing something. Yes. Yeah. I sit here. <laughs> um, so yeah i'm doing that pretty good um hey, that's right you are you're killing it I don't if, know. You're, <laughs> if you're gonna do it do it well man yeah if you're good for, as far as sitting somewhere goes this guy is the best <laughs> yeah, you're... Hey, you're back. yeah 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 welcome back yeah let's hope my internet doesn't decide to be a dick again well while we got you yo-yo before we played a uh trailer for the original theater of terror which is available now uh what was your favorite story out of the bunch God, I don't even remember. It's been a while since I watched it. It's so horrible right now. Was, uh, it was the, the book, the bookworm one, where they had that 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 cool worm that. Um, oh my God, that one! Oh my God, I love that one. I want to live in that library, by the way. Like I watched it. it. Here's the other thing too. I think the first time we had you on, I I, I think I told you that I was like kind of shocked that it was all the same director. Okay. And I I was it was the same thing. I was like. I wonder because I'm like I see his name everywhere, and then I, I looked it up. Again. I'm like, no, he he directed them all. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. same deal. Like, I thought it was a different director for every every one because it 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 felt similar enough to be in the anthology, but it also felt different enough where I thought it was a different director. So yeah, that, I think that's big. Yeah, we were trying to do that. I that was the focus too. I I definitely wanted to. I wanted them all to have a different feel. Yeah, you know, we're trying to do that with this one as well, and just kind of. You know, we're, we're hoping, like, the first one was definitely more Twilight Zone. We're hoping to get some Tales from the Crypt and some Creep nice. Show and stuff like that out of the other ones. So, yeah. Before we do anything else, I do have a question. Yep. How long did it take to make the machine, and what was your, like, inspiration behind it? So the machine, it's funny. So we sat down. We had a production meeting about 
doing Soothsayer. And I says, yeah, now we have to design and come up with a machine. And I just grabbed a sketch pad and I kind of sketched what you saw on the screen. And I said, what do you think about something like this, right, with the light bulbs on the top? And it kind of looks silly in the drawing. But I said, what do you think about something like this? And we said, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. So um, I reached out to a friend of mine, Rodrigo Bustamante. He was the prop master on, on the film. And he's very good with electronics. He's a Jersey City cop. But he's very good with fuses, wires. Every, I mean, I'm, I'm really not very good with electrical stuff. But he, he's, he's the kind of guy that, like, 10 years old, he'd, like, take apart the VCR and then try to rebuild it again. Or, you know, so he's, he's, he's great with that stuff. And I reached out to him because I wanted it to function, um, obviously, to a certain degree. I wanted gears turning, lights flashing, you know, and smoke coming out of the machine. We wanted all that to, to work. Um, so um, what I... I took the sketch that I drew and then I, I kind of drew it again and measured a doorway and said, well, how big is a doorway? Cause we've got to be able to get this thing through doorways. You have to carry it through. And I don't want to, I don't want to build something that's really stupid big. And then also we're like, Oh man, how do we get it in here? Why is there a lab outside? I don't yeah. Know. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I made it out of cardboard first. I bought this, this, this poster board stuff and uh, measured it, cut it up, made it out of cardboard. And then I brought it to his house and we kind of looked at it and figured out, all right, so what are we going to use for this and how are we going to, you know, what kind of paneling and wood paneling are we going to do for that? We went to Home Depot. I think we probably on the lumber, I don't know. I can't remember the exact cost of it, but the, the machine probably cost nearly a thousand dollars in electronics mm-hmm. and, and in, um, no, uh, in, in, in lumber and, and such. But, uh, yeah, we built the whole thing in his backyard. It's an exact duplicate of the cardboard model. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's the movie centerpiece, right? It's, we're, we're, we're so happy with the way it turned out. I had never designed anything before like that. And I just kind of drew it and came up, we came up with some of the stuff, you know, while we were building, like, oh, it looked cool, like a couple of switches here or something. And, you know, we kind of added a few things there. But we also, I think what was working in our favor is because it was like a noir-styled film. Um, and and we, we, we knew that we didn't have to build something that lived up to today's expectation of technology, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the point of the film was I wanted to build a time machine that looked like the first time machine that had ever been built. I didn't want the HG Wells version to exist like in this reality. I didn't want anything, any, you know, footprint before this guy built this. So I figured the simplicity in it would help, you know, sell that, that this is like just this prototype. It also has its limitations. If you watch the film, you understand that the machine's got limitations. So it's not this super high tech, you know, creation. It's just, the best that he could do. First gen device, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. appropriate. Totally appropriate for the short. Like it, right. If it was more technolo- technological advanced, like it, 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 it would, would seem be super out of place. Yeah. Take right. Right. I really, I'm like, even the gears and everything, I'm like, are those like laser cut or something? Like, it looked like a they clock. were. Yeah. They yeah. were. They were laser cut gears. Yep. I can't remember where we got them, but I got them from someone online. Uh, a lot of that stuff was, you know, custom. A lot of, um, I mean, most of it was custom made by us too, just taking parts and putting stuff together and trying to figure out how to make it look the way we wanted it to look. Like, a lot of, I legit thought, like, I thought it was, you just modded something that already existed. So yeah, good job with that. Totally I, from scratch. Yeah. I, Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, uh, here we go. Here's the trailer for the first Theater of Terror, and uh, it's available right now. So uh, check out all the links down below or up above, depending on where you're watching or listening. And uh, here we go. <clears throat> Going to the movies used to be such a magical experience. I mean, the smell of freshly topped popcorn. <clears throat> the silence that falls over the audience when the lights dim. Coming attractions. You mean the trailers? I didn't mean to hurt him. I just. Marcus, you are nothing but a recluse. Hey, man, what happened to you? Rock your feet before you came in here. I just dropped that sword. In that moment, you could find yourself really lost in the story. without seeing the theater, are you? Uh, of, of course not. <laughs> no! Rewatching it, I totally forgot how the, uh, what happened with the alien one. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah. Well, we can always just watch it again, right, guys? There you go. There's a, there's one bad thing. Right. We have all this time in the world now to watch all this stuff, and it's like, you know, yeah, I still yeah. lose things. Like I legit am just rewatching old things over and over again because nothing new is that good. You know, like I mean, some stuff is, yeah. but you know, just in general, I'm like, oh, you know what? I just something in the background. I'll just have something on, whatever. But, um, yeah. Now, do you plan on bringing a bunch of the, you know, the same actors from the first one into this, or is there going to be a whole new cast? Or there's right now, there's a whole new cast. Every story is all new actors, all new cast. Um, there, there may be some references to some of the original uh, cast members uh, or to the original stories, but uh, the main focus is is to really deliver four brand new stories um, for people. We don't, we don't. I don't feel the connectivity uh, really needs to be there for everybody to enjoy what's happening in these. And I think it's fun to just have these self-contained stories in there because uh, they all are there. They're all just their own little worlds, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it would, it would be cool to have a little, a, a little Easter egg in the background, like a flyer. We, we, always, we always do. Yeah, yeah. We always you do. Have to, you have to really just pay attention and watch it over and over again. And yeah. the, the thing is, they'll, they'll have to pay to do that, though. So Right. So, so then you can make another movie. So, That's right. That's yeah. right. So how how much uh, time is uh is on your campaign? Like how much time do you have? Is it is it is there a set like expiration on it or? Yeah, anything? I think we have about thirty days left. Um, I know the last time I checked was a couple of days ago, and I believe it was around 35, 34 days. So we're close to th we're close to one month left on the campaign. Nice. Yeah, it was a, it was a two month campaign. Nice. And uh, yeah. is it is it one of those things where it's like, all right, if we don't get this amount. We can't do this. Or it's like either way it's going to happen. Just like you now you're, you can, you can help. Yeah. So very, as, as was with the first anthology we did, we basically, we are going to raise as much money as we can 
and we are going to make as many of these short stories as we can with however much money we raise. Um, hopefully, we can make them all. Um, last for the original anthology, we had to run two Indiegogo campaigns um, uh, in order to raise the funds. But this time around, we've, we've done a lot better with the campaign, and so we're in a pretty good position now. Uh, fingers are crossed. We, you know, we 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 had some awesome momentum right now. We've kind of peaked, and I think what we're going to see is a little little lapse and then probably a bunch of donations at the end of the campaign, hopefully. Hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, we're, we're shooting uh, splinter um, on September 28th. We'll be getting back on set. So we're the, 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 the production is happening. And so, um, you know, fingers crossed, we raise enough to complete the whole thing and you never know. Some films might, but you know, come in less costing less than we budgeted for them. And that would be a bonus to help us, you know, get the entire anthology done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have necessarily have to go like, like totally guns out kind of deal. Like if it's if it's doable and uh, you know story's good enough and good enough actors and stuff like that, it's totally sellable, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the story and the acting first and foremost. We we want to sprinkle in some great special effects when we have the opportunity. Yeah. You know, from the other films, we don't we don't um, uh, we don't harp on effects. Um, but we kind of we like to strategically place them in great places where the audience will love them and, and, and they really make this they enhance the story. Uh, we'll be doing the same thing with this. Hopefully we'll be able to save money once in a while by getting a free location or, you know, or, or, or getting, um, um, you know, a, a bunch of extras that might have cost us something for, for nothing because they just want to be in the film. Stuff like that always helps us. Well, if there wasn't a pandemic and I wasn't so far away, I'd be like, I'll stand in the background and just ruin everything for you. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring that up. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because that's actually something that I'm wondering if that's going to be a real challenge for us moving forward also is to get those extras to kind of show up and, you know, people that may have normally been a little bit more um, worried to kind of let their guard down and say, okay, I think we can get back to set and not wear a mask and pretend that we're in a crowd or something, you know, so that's, that's going to be tricky. So yeah, it's, it's something that we've been thinking about. Luckily we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do have a few extras on the set uh, for, on the 28th, but um, it's going to be literally like three to four. So it's not a lot of people. Yeah. I, I know we just have masks made up of people's mouths and just wear them. <laughs> right, right. I, I know this is the wrong. To... Smiles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know this is wrong to say, but you could just get a bunch of college college kids because apparently they don't care anyway. So hey. yeah, listen, little booze, a few Old guys. Man, yeah, hey. hey, I'll go to the package store for you if you stand back. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so how did everything go with with the first one? Like, um, did you like? Were you surprised at how well it did, or you know, is this something where you expected it to go better, or as far as like when it was released? I was just telling my first AD on Splinter today that um, Soothsayer for me is one of the more uh, perfect examples of script to screen for something that I've made. Uh, it's something that I'm really proud of. Like it, it almost came out exactly as I envisioned it coming out. Mm -hmm. If you ask me, if you ask me what didn't come out the same way, I don't know that I'd be able to actually pinpoint anything. But I know that when you're shooting, sometimes you picture a frame or, or a scene and then when you actually get there and you set it up it's not what you thought it would be and you adjust and you and you and you're actually able to come up with something either better or equally as as as, as good as what you envision but just overall this film really for me felt like we really got the best out of the actors we got the the best locations um our time machine just works brilliantly um 
the, I'm very proud of the score that I wrote for the film. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's totally like, it was even to the point where I was like, is this like, you know, royalty free music from like back in the day? Cause there was some things that were totally just like with the, uh, with the strings and stuff. I was just, yeah. like, it totally feels appropriate. So yeah. 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 I was very proud of that, that do, doing that piece. And it just, uh, so I felt like altogether, it really, I mean, if we weren't doing the anthology and it was just this short that I'd worked on, I'd be, a, I'd be hyping this a lot more and promoting it a lot more. Uh, but because I have my focus is on the complete picture, the anthology, the collection of a bunch of great stories, I think I'm just kind of like excited about it, but just kind of keeping it in my pocket for later. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the feel with it. But um, the response that we've been getting from everyone that's seen it is very positive. There's no, I, I don't think you have to be a particular kind of a film fan to enjoy this. I think it's, mm-hmm. you're, you could just watch it if you don't like the twilight zone or if you don't like you just, it's just kind of a regular story um, with a little bit of science fiction in it, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic about the way it came out and I can't wait until the the only reason I haven't released this publicly uh, um, except for our donors, of course, uh, is because I didn't think it would, it was justice justice for the actors who work so hard on it. And um, Samantha that played Miss Wells She's never been to a film festival before. And I said to her, when I when this premieres, you've it's gotta be on a film festival, you've got to be on the red carpet, because I think people are gonna love you in this. And I didn't want to ruin that experience for her by putting it online for free. Right. Uh so um that's the only reason we didn't do that. I'm very proud of the film, but I wanna I wanna kind of retain that 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 big premiere, that moment for for when it's it's they're, they're able to appropriately receive the recognition I believe that they deserve for the job that they did on the film. Oh, totally. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's a, an option down the road as well, because it's it, it is a really good time. So like, I, I love going and we, we've only been to like one film festival, Leo and I, but it was pretty good one out in Buffalo and it, um, but it was great. Like it was just, it was really cool. And was that uh, Buffalo dreams or yep, something like that? Yeah. Cool. cool. And uh, yeah, Greg Lamberson runs that. Yeah. Greg Lamerson. Yep. Um, we had him on a couple of weeks ago as well. He was saying that he just re he's, he's rewritten his scripts like multiple times during this whole thing. Cause he's like, I can't film. So it's like, I just add commas in and I just like, that's <laughs> it, man. yeah. That's um, it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good time. So, I mean, it would be cool if uh, once everything gets back in place, maybe we can go up to Buffalo dreams and then uh, Leo and I can make the road trip again. Heck yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be great. Yeah. So, uh, Thanks. We are running on time. Uh, we're going to be a couple minutes late today. I just want to remind you that uh, Return to Theater of Terror, the Indiegogo, is going on right now. So I got a link right in the show notes down below or up above, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh, here is the, the pitch reel for Return to Theater of Terror. Here we go. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Ryan, the founder of Theater of Terror. 2020 has been a tough year for the world. Like most of you, we've been home not knowing when or how we were going to get back to doing the things that we love the most. For us, that's making independent films. Well, I'm very pleased to announce that we're ready to get back to it, and we've started pre-production on a brand new four-film anthology titled Return to the Theater of Terror. we are making a sequel to our 2018 release where we'll dive deeper into the history of the mysterious theater 
and the horrors that lie within its film reels. Carl McGavin is a less-than-honest paranormal investigator who receives a call for help from a widow in distress. Ever since her late husband's passing, she and her daughter have been harassed by a poltergeist. McGavin takes the job, but what he discovers turns out to be much more than he bargained for in Haunted. Young Jack lives in an abusive home. One night, he witnesses what appears to be a meteorite landing in the nearby woods and discovers a small, damaged robot at the crash site. Fascinated by his find, he brings it home as a keepsake, but this robot is sentient and rapidly becomes aware of the dire circumstances surrounding his rescuer. In Robot. While renovating his recently inherited home, Scott Wills steps on a small splinter. The wound only continues to get worse as he slowly learns the history of the town, its people, and a terrible family legacy. In Splinter. A brilliant scientist and his assistant discover the secret of time travel, albeit with certain limitations. When he demonstrates his new device for an old colleague, he catches a horrifying glimpse of what the future holds and is determined to prevent it. In Soothsayer. We've got some great perks for our supporters, including a link to Soothsayer, the first act of our new anthology, which we've made available to donors at the Terror Trooper level. As you know, Theater of Terror always delivers on its promises, so I really look forward to your support. Stay safe, everyone, and as always, Viva La Indihara. And we got a link to the Indiegogo down below or up above. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So October 2021, hurry up. Thank you guys, man. Yeah, really appreciate it. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the film, and it's great talking to you guys. And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to chat a little bit more with you about the other films as they come out. Maybe I'll drip some uh, teasers to you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. just let us know. Excellent. Totally. Uh, so, uh, Tom, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Uh, so, visit the website, please. Theateroftterror.net. Theater is spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Um, please subscribe to the mailing list. I send out some cool updates uh, and information about the films that we're working on and new stuff that we release on the website for you to check out. Um, you can check us out at Theater of Terror on Facebook. You could find us on Instagram at Theater Terror, and you could find us on Twitter at Theater Terror. Um, yeah, and I think that's about, uh, those are all our social media links. Okay, and uh, I got a bunch of that information in the show, show notes, so uh, you don't need to remember it. Just go there and click. Excellent. Yo, yo. Boy Meets Phone on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yo, St. Laurent on those same social media channels. And again, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sorry I'm boring there. <laughs> maybe not you. Yeah, maybe not Leah. Tony. Uh, you can find me at Tony Has Nine Fingers on YouTube where I do uh, movie reviews, unboxings, whatever have you. Anything about movies, it's on there. Tony Has Nine Fingers on Twitter. Same thing as Yo-Yo. I'm hardly ever on it. Tony's Movies on Instagram where I show off the movies behind me. And, of course, here most Tuesdays uh, for the Wicked Horror Show. Kevin. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Same deal. Barely on Twitter. Um, I don't know why we still say it, but whatever. Um, also, uh, obviously on the show Tuesday nights and uh, every I also do some uh, reviews with the 13th Wolfman over on the audio side. 
also part of Black and White Fright and Secret Underground Hideout, all of which are on the network. Leo. Uh, at least you're not saying Vine anymore. I know. Well, 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 I wish I was. Vine was cool. I know. But, well, Just join TikTok. It's no, no, and no, thank you. No, hold off on TikTok until they're purchased by uh, most likely Microsoft. So no, right. it's Oracle. It's Oracle now? Guys, yeah. stop fighting about this. <laughs> I'm, bu- I'm buying TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, follow our awesome guests here. Check out uh, Return to Theater of Terror and uh, support on the Indiegogo. 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 Soothsayer. And uh, head on over to thedorkening.com where you can find all the shows on the network. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye, everybody. I'm waiting for that live to stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Hurry up. I wanted to ask him a question. Hey. Hey. So what kind of, what kind of base do you have? I've, uh, I got a warlock. Oh, a BC Rich warlock? Yes. Nice. Yes. yes. That's cool. A friend of mine had one that was like pink snakeskin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them look just, awful. Just because he wanted a warlock, and that was like the only one that was like in his price range. I'm like, that's the reason why it's in your price range. This is because. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I have a uh, Ernie Ball Music Man. I have a, a four string Stingray. Oh, sweet man, that's yeah. great. And I have a my Eden gear over here. I have an Eden Traveler and Eden Four by Ten. Oh, excellent. Gordon. Yeah, it's been a I long gotta... time. I don't play out anymore, but whatever. I was just gonna say that it's been a while for me, and I'm, uh, it bothers me. It's kind of sitting behind the couch in the case, and I got to pull it out, and I got the amps over here and everything, but I just don't get around to it enough. Yeah. yeah. What kind of what kind of music uh, were you playing when you were playing out? So you could look us up on uh, Vlad the Inhaler. Okay. Um, I think I might have. I don't know if I the last time I didn't didn't mm. mention it to you guys. So huh? maybe I didn't. Maybe or, I don't know. But look up Vlad the Inhaler.